Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton. Um, we're back to discuss, there's a lot of things happened since we were last here. We just had the, the discussion of a 3-0 defeat at home to Norwich City. Um, Claudio Ranieri, there's lots of speculation about whether he was going to stay or whether he was going to go. Um, and then later on Monday, I think we saw that he actually left the position and then Roy Hodgson was appointed uh, a day later um so we're here to discuss the news of Roy Hodgson being the new Watford manager we're going to touch upon the Watford transfer news for the month as well bit of a disappointing end to the transfer window from my point of view and then we'll touch upon Burnley third time lucky um but to discuss all of that with me um I'm here with my co-host James Batchelor James how are you doing mate I'm very well thank you Ben how are you yeah not too bad mate Thank you. Um, had a nice weekend with the family because obviously Watford weren't playing. Went to the zoo Sunday and played football last night from six aside team. Um, but yeah, all good, mate. You enjoy the break you know, from not watching Watford. Well, I was going to say that it's been it's actually been a welcome break not having um, not having a football match this week. I feel like I've cleared my mind. I'm in a good state of mind ahead of this tough tough run we got coming up. So I think there's a welcome break, and, and obviously I'm looking forward to the Burnley game coming up this weekend. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. Um, it's going to be a difficult watch. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, but we'll touch upon that towards the end of the show. And and it's not me and James this week. Um, for you watching on YouTube, you, you don't know who it is yet. So um, we'll, we'll announce him now. It's um, Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages fanzine. Tom, thank you for coming back onto the Voices of Vic. It's been a while. I think you did two or three appearances last season when we was in the Championship. Now we're a Premier League club. Um, you're back on. Um, how are you doing, mate? And how's things? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, no, it's great, great to be on um, with you guys again. I think I'm, I'm, it's my hat trick ball now, isn't it? Um, uh, you get the, the, the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, like like, uh, like James, feeling quite sort of zen, having not watched Watford for for a couple of weeks or so. So um, yeah. Looking forward for the the stress starting on on Saturday, and I've made the late decision to to go up to Burnley. So oh, um, yeah, we'll see see how that goes. <laughs> oh dear! Well, uh, hopefully for you and the fellow Watford fans travelling all that long way up to Burnley for starters, let's hope it goes ahead, and let's hope we bring something back with a defeat, um, a nice clean sheet, and three points would do lovely. Um, but yeah, like you and James are saying, it's probably. Everyone in Hertfordshire feels like we've just had a spa weekend at Champneys. 
Um, we're all feeling nice and relaxed. Our skin's nice and moisturised. Um, but now Watford are coming back, um, back in action against Burnley this weekend. So the stress will return. Um, the transfer window ended yesterday and it was another stressful, dull day, I think, for Watford fans. I think a lot of us was expecting to maybe get one deal in and we was all hoping for that to maybe a goalkeeper. Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, firstly, Roy Hodgson is the new Watford manager, um, not head coach, manager. Um, I don't think we've seen that before under the Pozzo's era. Um, be interesting to... I don't think there's much difference between a head coach and a manager nowadays. And with Roy Hodgson only being appointed for about four months, I don't think it really matters. I think it's just a bit sign of respect maybe for Roy Hodgson being called manager instead of head coach um, for me. I'll come to you first, Tom. Happy with that appointment with Roy Hodgson? I don't think there was many candidates out there for Watford to really pick from. No, I think as uh, as I've said before, it was probably the best candidate in our situation. It's probably not too um, attractive at the moment, um, with us sort of languishing in the lower reaches of of the uh, the Premier League. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. It's going to be another sort of firefighting mission, if you like. But I think that the real change needs to happen in the summer, um, from top to bottom. Um, Maybe we'll come on to that later, but yeah, for now, um, happy with with Roy and delighted to have Ray Lewington back at the club. Um, James is a bit too young to remember it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do just about remember the uh, how different it was during those times. But he did a great job as manager. Um, but yeah, we'll just be backing them and fingers crossed, really. Yeah, definitely. I think it took a few people from surprise because obviously when when you announce the sacking of Claudio Ranieri, everyone checks the, the betting odds to see who's in there. I don't think Roy Hodgson was on there at all. Um, I think it was a Monday night where it all started to kick off. Um, I've, I was playing football at nine o'clock on a Monday night for my Sixers Eye team. And when I left the, the house, it was flickering between Sam Allardyce and Roy Hodgson's. Those betting was suspended on both of them at one point. I was like, oh, God, what are we going to end up with here? Um, and then when I finished playing football, I checked my phone and um, TalkSport actually did breaking news saying Roy Hodgson was going to be the next Watford manager. I was like, wow, we've actually gone from an older manager from Claudio Ranieri um, to Roy Hodgson, who's 74 years of age, um, but vastly experienced, James. Um, he's led Fulham to their highest ever Premier League finish and Europa League qualification where Fulham knocked out the likes of Juventus, Wolfsburg, Hamburg, all on the way to eventually losing to, in the final to Atletico Madrid. He was named 2010 LMA Manager of the Year with his Craven Cottage success. Um, Hodgson was then appointed Liverpool Manager for the following season and later took the reins at Premier League clubs West Bromwich Albion and Crystal Palace. He led the um, Palace to an 11th place finish in the 17-18 season, despite taking over at the club um, and they lost in the first four games without finding the back of the net. Um, vastly experienced, James. Um, Tom's quite pleased with it. I know there wasn't many options out there, but is that experience going to be vital for Watford um, to stay up this season? I think it's a difficult one for me to answer. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not overly happy because, you know, you say is the experience vital, James. I think we had a really experienced manager in Claudio Ranieri and, you know, that didn't work out for, for whatever reason. Um, you know, watching Roy Hodgson taking the training session has certainly given me more confidence for some reason. I don't know why, but but that video the club released was was really, really good to watch, actually. Um I'm happy with it. Um, I'm not overjoyed. Um, there was definitely, you know, much worse candidates out there they could have chosen. So I am happy with Roy Hodgson. Um, but he has got a really, really tough task in his hand. And, you know, you mentioned the previous clubs he's managed there. Um, you know, Liverpool especially as well. You know, big names. Um, you know, however, he's been brought in for four or five months to do a job. Um, and to be honest, whatever happens come the end of the season, I can't really see him um, continuing on after that. So for me, it's a very, very short-term solution. Um, and hopefully, regardless of whatever happens in the summer, we can you know build a longer-term strategy at the club, whether that be with a younger manager or, or an older manager. So I'm happy, um, but I'm not I'm not overjoyed. Yeah, like myself, I wasn't overly pleased. I think a lot of Watford fans would have wanted a 
bit of a project manager next. Um, I think we've all got a bit frustrated now with the Pozzo's model where I think it's getting a bit dated now. I don't think you can hire and fire managers to keep you in this division. I, it, sooner or later, it was going to catch up with us and it's obviously shot ourselves in the foot and now we're panicking to stay in the division and we've looked to bring in an experienced coach to keep us up this year. Um, I, I think Hodson's maybe got the tools and experience to do that. Um, I, I did like the videos that Watford did release. Um, I liked the comments about, is a goalie's going to make a save or something? Oh, well, uh, that was hilarious. Um, but Tom, I don't know if you watched it. Did you watch his interview on Hive Live? Oh, I thought it was a really good uh, interview. Um, at one point, he was going on a little bit and I was watching it with my missus and she went upstairs and I said, I'll leave you two to it um, because he just kept going on. And I, was like, yeah, I was enjoying my night with Roy Hodgson. Very insightful. Um, I just loved what, to hear what he had to say about the club and um, his plans for the season. Um, did you enjoy that interview? Yeah, I, I, I could I could listen to him for for hours, to be honest. He's, yeah, he's got obviously bags of experience. He's managed here, there and everywhere, top clubs, uh, you know, it, domestically, he's a former England manager. But yeah, I, it, it was. I found it quite um, quite refreshing his honesty as well. He wasn't promising, over promising, um, and you know, he, he acknowledged that there is a, a big task ahead, huge task um, for Watford, and it's it's, it's going to be how how uh, the players react to his system. But yeah, I mean, coming back to um, his appointment. I was, I was looking up a little bit earlier, actually, um, his, his spell at West Brom in 2010-11. It was almost identical to the situation that Watford are in now. He replaced uh, Di Matteo in February um, with the club, I think, where they were West Brom were just outside the relegation zone on goal difference. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he got them to an 11th place finish with a very average um, defence. Um, and, yeah, I think that was, that was the season that, that they set the record for consecutive Premier League games without clean sheets which we're dangerously close to <laughs> close to matching it was 34 games and he sort of turned it around and got them to a great a great um, finish considering where they were so if he can match the job that he did at West Brom that'd be absolutely fantastic I think oh, I think we'll all take that what, what are you expecting from a Roy Hodgson Watford side now is it just to shore up that defence and just try and make us a bit more solid well, I think he's um, he's obviously a bit of a four-four-two merchant. I don't want to say he's a he's a dinosaur because he's you can't be a dinosaur having that that period of time in the game. You know, recently, uh, you know, as recently uh, with his England managerial job, I'm hoping he'll try and secure the defence a bit while also allowing uh, our attacking um, quality to come through because we have we've got amongst the best um, attackers in um, you know in the bottom reaches of the league. Uh, and I hope that uh, you know the, the players buy into his system, um, and we can become defensively solid. We can avoid getting that record, um, <laughs> and perhaps play on the break a little bit with our you know our quick players that are um, that, that have done relatively well in front of goal this year. That's that's the hope. Um, it, it usually takes a few games to settle in. I think the first three at West Brom um, were all score draws, and at Palace he lost his first three, so it might be a bit of a slow burner. Um, but if he can get the players to buy in, I think we've got the talent to stay up. Um, my personal opinion is I, I don't think we will, but um hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I echo that, mate. Um, it's going to be an uphill battle now, isn't it? It's going to be tight. At least we've got the attacking threat going forward and we know we can score goals in this division. It's just keeping it out but the other end of the pitch. James, do you think it's as easy as that, just keeping the ball out the back of the net up the other end and letting our attackers do what it's going uh, they're paid to do up the other end. Well, I thought it was quite interesting because I did watch the the full interview as well. And I think he, there was a quote in the interview where he said he doesn't actually care about clean sheets at this point because he's brought in for such, um, you know, for such a short amount of time. What, he, what Roy basically said was, as long as we score one more goal than the opposition, he's happy with that. And, and I'd be happy with that as well. So if we win every game 2-1... Um, come the end of the season, I'd be more than happy with that. Um, but of course, look, clean sheets are are a big issue. We've brought in um, defensive reinforcements to hopefully solve that issue in in Kamara, Samir, and, and Kayembe. Um, you know, will will that work out? Well, only time will tell. But 
hopefully it will. I think Kamara especially looks like a really, really good talent. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously I, I, I want clean sheets. I, I don't want to be conceding goals every week because, you know, it's becoming a, it's becoming a running theme and, and a bit of a joke now. So, so yeah, it's, it was a good interview. Um, and, you know, hopefully we, we can start with, with a positive result against Burnley. Yeah, what I like the most about um, Roy Hodgson is his attention to detail um, and the organisation that he, he's potentially going to bring to Watford. Because I, I do think we have lacked that this season. I think Ranieri, I don't think his attention to detail was massive for Watford. And I think we needed more from him. Um, I don't know. if For me, it felt like Ranieri came to Watford to pick up maybe his final paycheck. Um, I don't think his heart was fully in it, um, personally. Um I just felt, especially during that time where the floodlights went out um, for Norwich home defeat, and I felt like he could have galvanised the troops. He could have got them all into a huddle and be like, come on, boys, let's try and turn this around. And there was absolutely nothing from him. And it just felt like he was a defeated man at that point. And I just wanted a bit more. And I, I don't think his heart was fully in the Watford job, where I think Hodgson's obviously is coming back and he seems very motivated and driven and he, he doesn't want a relegation in on his CV. He, he's coming into Watford and he wants to keep us up into his division and I think a four-month contract could be perfect for him and Watford um, and the sensible choice is to bring in his number two as well, um, Ray Lewington, who many Watford fans will know from his time about 20 years ago now. Um, Ray came in as a reserve manager um, under Gianluca Viali. Um, obviously, ran, um, Viali ended up getting the sack um, and Watford f- suffered financially massively from the collapse of ITV Digital. Um, and Ray came in and he had to steady the ship, really. He had to um, say Watford... To- well, he, he basically he had to keep Watford afloat. He had to cut the wage bill down dramatically. Um, he had to keep Watford in the second tier of the division where we were floating with relegation for a couple of years back to back. And if Watford dropped down to that third tier of the, the division, especially after the collapse of ITV digitally, you, you don't know where Watford was going to end up. We've seen other teams with the likes of Bradford, Grinsby. Um, I think Stockport used to be further up the divisions and they suffered massively with the collapse of ITV Digital. So I think Ray and job was fantastic. And off the back of that, with a shoestring budget, he got us to two cup finals. Back-to-back season, he's got us to the FA Cup semi-final uh, where we lost to Southampton 2-1. And then he got us to the League Cup semi-final the following year where it was two-legged, I think, um, against Liverpool. So fans had to travel up to Anfield with... Um, we lost that game and then back at Vicarage Road where we lost 1-0. I think Stephen Gerrard scored in both games. So you knew what Watford was up against that season as well. So And and if we actually beat Southampton in the FA Cup, we would have played against Arsenal, who were a year or so away from being the invincible. So it would have been tough for Watford. But throughout the achievements to get to the final four in both competitions in back-to-back seasons was just brilliant considering the budget Ray Lewington was on. Um and yeah, he was here between 2002 and 2005. So it's great to see someone who knows the club back. Um, he's very passionate. He missed the Hyde interview because um, Roy Hodgson said that he left Ray Lewington behind at the training ground to carry on working because they're here to get a job done and they've, they've got lots of work to, done to do. So it was great to see that Lewington, he was like, right, OK, I need to knuckle down here. Um, Tom, I'll come to you first. Sensible to bring Ray Lewington? I know it would have been Hodgson's decision to bring him back, but I imagine he would have gone to Gino saying, look, I want to bring in Ray Lewington with me. And Gino was like, yeah, bring him along. Yeah, he's his um, trusted right-hand man throughout, um, or certainly in, the re- in recent years, a bit like Pearson and Shakespeare um, when they when they arrived um, a couple of years ago. Um yeah, that, I was I was very happy that, that Lewington came. As you said, it it was um, he managed the club. It seems like a lifetime ago, and yeah, <laughs> the, the, the circumstance compared to now, you know, we had a we had the old East Stand. I'm, I'm not sure whether it was closed off because it was unsafe at that time, but um, you know, we had players taking wage deferrals because because of the financial situation. We had um, you know they they were getting rid of the the terrible sort of Viali players and the. Um, the, the wastages that that he 
he brought in. So he, he did a he did a really good job. It wasn't admittedly it wasn't very exciting, but he I think he had a hand in saving the club to be honest um, and, and making it what it what it is today in effect because um, needed someone as you said to steady the ship and a couple of good um, cup runs brought the finances in and yeah that that sort of steadied steadied things for us but um, yeah no happy that he's back he's he's a bit of a um, link to link to Watford past which I think we've been missing a bit under under the Pozos previously. Um, yeah, looking forward um, to seeing him in his shorts on the on on the touchline that he's famous for. <laughs> so that was probably what he was looking for um, when he couldn't make the Hive Live interview, looking in the uh, looking in the club shop for a pair of shorts that he could. Uh, he could <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you can just picture it now, can't you? Um, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, I'm the same age as you, Tom, and I can't really. I was I was young, so I was starting to follow Watford, but I can't remember like the massive details back then. I know it was the struggle supporting Watford back then and there was lots of disappointments and that, but the, the cut runs that he brought to Watford, the joy and like the, the, the tr- everyone travelling up to Villa Park to play Southampton in that FA Cup um, semi-final was just what the club needed. They needed that lift. They needed the, like you say, the income as well. So what Ray Lewington did for the football club was absolutely fantastic. Um, James, he is the trusted number two. He's been with um, Hodgson at Fulham. Uh, he was international level at England as well. Um, so he knows what he's going to get. He, he, they both seem to be very hands-on, don't they, on the training ground? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't really follow on from from what Tom said because, as, as we mentioned before the podcast, I am a lot younger um, than both of you, so I don't really have any recollection of that time. Um, but yeah, exactly, Ben. I mean, they've been together for, for quite a long time. Tom made a good point about um, Nigel Pearson and Craig Shakespeare. When they come, they were like a solid partnership and obviously they worked together at Leicester City. Similar situation here, obviously you mentioned England, Crystal Palace, Fulham. Um, I think it's, you know, it's only it's only positive, really. I mean, he knows the club, as you say. Um, he'll, want, he'll want the best for the club. You know, he's, he's got interest in the club, so he'll want to do as best as he can. Um, and yeah, for me, only positives from 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 this situation. And you know, if if Roy Hodgson actually said in that interview, you know, he would have taken on a job regardless of whether Ray Lewington joined or not. Um, but you know, it, it, it is great that that he has joined alongside Roy, and hopefully their their partnership will will only benefit Watford going forward. Um, just going to talk about a comment that's came up. Um, that someone's posted on YouTube. Um, Christopher Hope, thanks very much for leaving us a comment. Um, he's saying that Roy Hodgson is like an old school manager to keep us up. Um, then a project to rebuild. No, then a project manager to rebuild. He he gives us the best chance to stay up. And then when we know where we are, we can plan ahead. Um, a lot of people wanted that project manager this time round in the season. Tom, is is that what you kind of wanted before Hodgson was um, appointed? Did you want someone where we could maybe have at the helm for a year or two, just to just to build something and give us a bit of stability. I think that that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Really, we've had for for years and years, probably since Javi Gracia, um, we've been sort of flip flopping between very short term appointments that, that that were never that were good for the situation that we were in, but never really going to be a, a, a long term project, if you like. Um, the, the, the problem with the, the the Pozzo model in that respect is that it is great sort of short term, or it started off as a great short-term experiment um, and it you know obviously proved uh, proved very worthwhile worthwhile and you know we got to where we are because of that but I think in the long term we're going to struggle with the, the mismatch between the squad that's being assembled by um, by players that are, by people that aren't um, coaching the squad day to day and I think you look at the the more successful sides of our size the you know, the Brentfords the Brightons um, it, you know even sort of Palace with uh, with Roy before um, and Patrick Vieira now, um, they're they're trying to find a, a, a manager with a clear ph- modern philosophy um, that they can mould the team around, not the other way round. So um, I, I agree, I 100% think we need we need to get a, a you know a, a more experienced, uh, sorry, not more experienced, a, a more project manager, if you like. Um, but yeah, I don't think now was the time to do that. Now was all about someone to come in and put us in the best situation that we can to give us a chance of. Of staying up in the Premier League, and I think we've burnt a lot of bridges through our 
um, managerial or head coach recruitment policy. Um, so it's, it's, it, even the next appointment might not be might not be a great one, but yeah, I think for now it was it it was right. Yeah, definitely. And Chris Christopher Hell goes on again saying you, we can't project manage in a relegation battle. I expect Roy to do the job with the, with some dull but totally required football. And I think that's the case, isn't it? I think with Watford now. The Pozzos, they want to keep us in the Premier League. If you end up getting a project manager, then you're potentially looking at relegation even more than bringing in a experienced coach to try and keep us in the division. So you can see what Gino and Scott's trying to do here. They're, they're trying to keep Watford in the Premier League and give them the best chance of staying in the league. And then if we were to get relegated, OK, at least we've tried to keep us up with an experienced coach. But now we're down in the Championship. Let's rebuild. Let's get that project manager in and it's a perfect opportunity to build a project to get us back up into a Premier League or if we end up staying in the division this year which is I think all three of us can agree is very unlikely um, but if it does happen at least we could maybe look to get a project manager that maybe comes in the end of the season bringing his own team his own philosophy and rebuild from there so I think what the, what the Pozzo's done here I, I think it's the right decision and the right choice in this circumstances um, but we'll see at the end of the season, won't we, really? Um, right, so that's um, Roy Hodgson and Ray Lewington ticked off the list tonight, boys. Um, just quickly before I go into transfers, um, Lara's put in a comment saying, let's hope Troy Deeney scores against Luton in a few weeks. Uh, I just hope Troy Deeney's fit because I think he's been missing the last couple of games because um, he missed the derby game at the weekend when there was 2-0 up and then drew 2-2. Well, Just wait, the captain George. of Birmingham, actually, Ben, as well, Troy Deeney. Yeah, so congratulations to Troy Deeney. He's been announced for club captain of his boyhood club. That must mean so much to him. And you know what he brings as a, a skipper as well. And I think Birmingham probably need that leadership on and off the pitch. I think I read a comment saying that he... he just because I've got the captain armband, it doesn't mean I'm going to be starting each week. I need to earn the right to be playing and that. But you know what he's going to be in, like in the dressing room, again, those boys up and that. Exactly what Watford have added um, in the previous years. And if anything, I think Watford have missed that little bit of like a Troy Deeney character behind the scenes this season, just to try and lift the boys a little bit. But yeah, congratulations to Troy Deeney for that. Um, um, just another comment that's came up as well uh, from um, Paul Whitney. Um, you boys are making me feel well old at 34 um, by not remembering Ray. Ray saved us and I'd go as far to say as he's the second most important manager in our club's history behind Sir Graham Taylor. Uh, Paul, me and Tom are 33, so we're only one year behind you. Um, but yeah, you must have a better memory than us. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of people saying about how much Roy uh, Ray's done for the club and how he saved us and how important he is. Um, I think I was listening to from a rookery end the other day and they put him, uh, I think it was Jason put him in their top three Watford managers. So he is highly rated and regarded from Watford fans. So I don't blame you for putting him in as number two there. Um, so let's move on to the, the transfers or lack of transfers towards the end of us, um, the January. Um, obviously Watford have brought in six players. Um, Akoi has been signed from Rotterdam. Um, he's going to stay with the Dutch club until the end of the season and then we'll be joining Watford. Kamara joined um, Watford, KMB, Samir, um, Samuel Kalouj joined and also we've got Yasser Asprias joined um, from the Colombian side. Um, but there's work permit issues at the moment. We're just I'm not sure what Watford know what they're doing that yet, if he's going to be coming over to England soon, because um, I know he has started for Colombia within the last couple of weeks, which actually does tick the boxes for him to come over to England. It's just whether Watford wants to see him develop more in South America or they want to send him over to Indonesia. But the transfer window is actually shut now for Indonesia, so the only possible route would be England or to stay over in South America. So it'd be interesting to see what we do with that. Um, just touched upon Samuel Kalu, who we brought in last week. There was work permit issues. That's why it wasn't announced um, when Adam Leventhal said about it. It took about three, four days after that to it be officially announced. Uh, Watford announced the signing of Nigerian international Samuel Kalu on a deal until June 2025 from the French club Bordeaux. Um, the 24-year-old signs a three-and-a-half-year contract with Watford. Uh, he's capable of playing on either flanks. Kalu is versatile option. 
in a competitive squad and typically operates on the right-hand side. I've seen a lot of comparisons with him and Emmanuel Dennis. Uh, do you know much about him, Ton? Have you seen much? Is it just YouTube clips you've seen of um, Samuel Kalou? Yeah, I, I, no, I've almost zero knowledge of, of, of <laughs> plenty of these players that, that come in. You know, it's um, I'll, I'll judge them when they're you know when they're putting on the yellow shirt. Um, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube clips and you know copy and pasted of um, you know crackers that from 30 yards or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think um, in terms of the, the transfer business that we've done, it was a criticism that we've we've often had under the posos is that we do business too late so i i was pleased that that was done early to get them settled in and to try and use the use this extra extra time um to get them sort of hit the ground running ultimately you know th- these are all players that, that haven't played in the premier league before um i'm sure you know i'm sure they're good, good players and their their quality will will shine through but th- there's challenges with with bringing in um these sorts of players that you know they they don't know the league you know with the Samir um against Norwich um I think the, the goal where he was sort of he had a hand on him I think he showed a bit of naivety there perhaps by maybe not understanding the Premier League and um you know he might have got that decision in in Serie A for Udinese but but not in the Premier League so I think that's a bit of a that's going to be a bit of a challenge for the the new boys coming in they're going to have to hit the ground running um it, 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 for me, it, it, the squad lacks a little bit of Premier League know-how, um, but I appreciate that we've got financial constraints, and you know we've had players that have come in before that the sort of unknown players that have, have turned out to be real gems. So hopefully, you know we can one, one or two of them will be uh, be, be rough diamonds. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a bit it's a bit difficult for me to. Um, me to, to to run the rule over them at, at the moment. Um, I just hope they they value for money and, and they they do the job really. But it's um it does it's a little bit concerning that their sort of lack of lack of Premier League experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Pozos have dipped into their their known pool of players, haven't they? Really, with with their scouting network. Obviously, they've scouted these players for years and years and kept eyes on them, and they think there's resale value in the players, all the players that they've brought over to the club. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they adapt. And like you say, Tom, they have to hit the ground running. Burnley coming up at Saturday. Um, it's definitely a um, it's, it's a challenge. It's going to be difficult for any new signings to come in and play like against Burnley this weekend. Um, James, how do you sum up Watford's transfer window? Did you want us to maybe look to bring in another one or two or was you happy with the, the six that we have signed? Um, I'm happy. I think the positions we've, we've brought the players in were the right positions. Um, obviously, like Samuel Kalu, I mean, pretty much all of the players we've brought in, I hadn't had a foggiest about whatsoever. I didn't even know they existed. Um, but I have <laughs> done some research since. Kamara looks like quite a good signing. Samir, obviously, from Udinese, that link um, is always going to be there under the Pozzos. Um it was needed, of course. You know, we mentioned the clean sheet issue earlier um, in the podcast. It, it is a real issue for us. We do have to solidify ourselves at the back. Hopefully that they can help us do that. I found it quite interesting, actually, um, late last night, uh, de- transfer deadline day, Watford were linked with Dean Henderson from Manchester United. Um, and obviously that, that didn't go through in the end, but I did find that quite interesting that there still is some sort of connection there because there was a bit of a rumour about that in the summer. It's come back up in, in the winter. So whether something develops around that in the summer, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and as Tom said, you know, looking at the signings that have come in, it, we can't judge them currently. Yes, um, Samir made that mistake against Norwich. Kamara made a mistake against Norwich as well, but it's only their second game at the club. So I think patience um, and, you know, we have to be patient. And even though it may be difficult because we haven't got much time left in this season to, to rescue ourselves, um, we do have to be patient with these signings. And, you know, if the, if the worst happens and we get relegated, you know, these signings could be the players who get us straight back up again. So I think patience is the key and, and hopefully they can they can save us from, from relegation. Yeah, let's hope so, mate. Um, Tom, were you happy with the end of the transfer window shutting? Was there ever areas that you, you would have wanted to improve or was you just generally pleased that we brought in those players early on in the transfer window? Yeah, as, as I said earlier, I was, I was quite pleased that it, it was done early. It was clear what what our um, 
what what we needed in terms of position positional cover. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, there could always be players that that would improve us, and you know, who, if, whoever we would have brought in, we wouldn't have been happy to, um, you know, with with the window. Really, I, I don't think. I'm, I'm not sure about the the Dean Henderson one. I was I was particularly excited about, but you do tend to yeah. get the odd whisper um, at, at the end of the window, particularly in, in the Pozzo era, where there's you know there's not going to be any active, you know, late activity, and then you get one. Maybe it's a bit of sort of agent. Um, agent talk but yeah again you know we could we could have signed pretty much a whole new team really couldn't we to to put us back on track but it's, it's not it's not the pozo way and I think we've, we've got serious financial constraints at the moment so in the situation I think I think it was all right but again you know we're not going to know until the end of the season whether whether these players you know will work out it's, it's going to be so tough for them you know couple of them probably won't speak English. They're coming to England in January, which can't be very pleasant from, uh, you know, from Italy and, and uh, you know, and from the, from the rest of the continent. Um, so it's, it's a, yeah, huge challenges for them personally. Challenges for Roy getting them all knitted in into the squad yeah. and getting them gelling. Um, but you, you have to hope and you, you have to think at this stage that they're probably upgrades on what we've had, what we've currently got. Um Another concern, perhaps, is you know we've got this squad of twenty five. So who, who's going to miss out, and what's that going to do yeah. to the the dressing room dynamic? Um, there's a bit of a kind of scattergun approach sometimes with uh, with the recruitment policy of the Pozos, but um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they got it right. We can we can just hope, really, can't we? I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely know at the end of the season. It's interesting that you've mentioned about the financial issue at Watford a couple of times. Um, are you surprised that Watford haven't tried to offload some of these players? Like you say, um, we've got to submit a 25-man squad. And from my working out, about four players are going to end up missing um, that squad. So that's four players who are just collecting wages on the side. I'm not expecting us to just sell them, but just to get them out playing football somewhere on loan. I'm so surprised that we didn't see more outgoings yesterday. Look. Like, we, we only saw that um, Domingos Quina, um, he got recalled from Fulham because he wasn't featuring. And then he, he stealed a loan move to Barnsley. Um, that's it from Watford uh, on the outgoings. I was expecting so much more, James. Um, are, are you a bit puzzled and confused and being like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was very, very baffled. I mean, it's just, you know, these players are on a lot of money. Um, you know, they're collecting a lot of money a week. You know, we're talking tens of thousands of pounds a week to, to basically be sitting around and doing nothing. Um, you know, in terms of players that I actually expected to leave yesterday, I think Dan Gosling was one. Uh, there was links with him going to Burnley, which never materialised. Ken Semmer was another one. Ashley Fletcher was another one. And then in terms of the other player who we wouldn't register, I think that would probably be Danny Rose, just because of, of the issues he's had at the club. Um, so I was very surprised that, obviously, you know, we didn't loan out these players to just get them some game time. Um, you know, Ashley Fletcher's on a five-year contract. I think Dan Gosling's on, on a two-and-a-half-year, three-year contract. So these players have still quite got quite a long time left in their contracts. And, you know, they're just going to be sitting around, um, you know, not not contributing to, to the team and, and our fight against relegation. So it's a very, very baffling decision. And, you know, hopefully that, that can get looked at in the summer because... I don't know. I don't know why they they would do that. The only explanation to me would be no no clubs were interested in the players, which which I highly doubt because you know if, if you're if you're a footballer in the Premier League, you obviously have some talent. So I, I would expect at least some Championship clubs to to have been sniffing around them players. Yeah, Tom, I, I'm a bit confused as to how we're dishing out all these long term contracts to players, especially with people we ended up signing last season, like like the likes of Ashley Fletcher on a five year contract, who's barely kicked a football in the Premier League. I think he came off the bench um, for one game and he was unlucky with a fantastic save to keep it as 1-0 to the other team. But um, he's not really had a stiff this season, so I was expecting him to go out on loan. But I think Watford have got an issue with handing out these long-term contracts. And I think it's just going to end up shooting themselves in the foot, isn't it, financially? Well, I think it depends on um, if, if this has actually happened. But... Uh, over the summer with Chalaber and Hughes leaving, the issue was over the, the relegation clauses. So yeah. what I would assume, based upon, you know, these long contracts that we've that we've dished out, is that they're, they're relatively low, uh, you know, relatively low salary. Um, 
and that they're they're low risk because um, you know if we do get relegated, their their salaries will drop. So financially, it probably makes more sense and to tie tie them up for a few years rather than perhaps risking a you know a short term contract. Um, and we've we've seen that before with the likes of Gosling. Perhaps I don't think you know necessarily a long term contract was suitable for him, but it's it, you know showing loyalty, I guess, and um, rewarding him for for it for his work. Um, I, I'm not sure how how much um, the Pozos sort of rely upon the the terms of the contracts as well, particularly with the relationship with Udinese. They seem to be quite fluid in in moving players usually, but yeah, I, I was I was a little bit um, mystified about the lack of outgoings. The only thing I can think of is that you know, the with the pandemic, it's fi- it's financially hampered most of the football league. So perhaps we were asking for too much of a salary contribution. I I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, as I said, we've got this problem now where we've we've, we've got an uh, you know an excess number of players, and you know they're not going to be happy. They've been um, registered for you know the first half of the season, and then. They're not, and they're they're not playing football elsewhere. It can it could be a, a destabilize have a real destabilizing effect. Um, I just hope that they know what they're doing and they've got the right the right characters in there. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's going to be a difficult question for you both now. Um, if you were in the shoes of whoever picks these twenty five man squad, who out of those first team players would you you? miss out let's just say four have to miss out James I'll come to you first throw you under the bus which four of those players um gonna miss out I think well I've mentioned them already I think Danny Rose obviously because he's he's got these well documented issues which which I won't comment on because you know quite frankly us as fans have no idea um what's going on with that situation but there obviously is is an issue there so I think Danny Rose for me um Dan Goslin because we did bring in Kayembe. Obviously, Atebo's coming back as well. So I think Dan Goslin for me is is out. Um, Ashley Fletcher purely because of of the talent they've got an attack. You think of João Pedro, uh, Hernandez, Joshua King as Myla Sarr. Um, you know, there's, there's there's plenty of players there, and, and Ashley Fletcher as well. Um, so so those are my four players, and you know, ultimately it's, it's nothing to do with them. It's just you know the, the way Watford have recruited. I do think Samuel Kalu was was an unnecessary signing. Um, you know, we could have just registered Ashley Fletcher rather than signing Samuel Kalu. It, it's very very baffling. Um, but yeah, those those are the four players I'd, I'd leave out ideally. Yeah, um, Tom, have you got any anything different in that? Yeah, I think Nkulu is supposed to be out until April. I think so. Right. I think that, yeah. that just that's just a bit a bit too late, and you know he's going to have rustiness as well from the period out. You know, period injured. So. I wouldn't personally register him. Um, yeah, I agree. Probably Gosling. Um, unfortunately, um, and yeah, Danny Rose. The situation there seems to be uh, something that they, they can't recover. Um, and Pat, the, the only other player that I wrote down was the keeper. Um, whether we can get away with having two keepers, I don't know. I think it will depend. <laughs> Maybe this is where the uh, Roy Hilt Hodgson role of manager will come in, and he'll have a bit more of a say about the players that. Um, that, that will be kept, and I, I think with Fletcher particularly, I, I know he's not he's not played hardly at all this season, but perhaps he's a bit of a plan plan B player in the mould of Hodgson. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was registered. But I, I think yeah, if if they if they fit into the Roy Hodgson system, um, then then they should get a get a run out. I, I was a bit surprised about Semmer, um actually that he didn't um, go to Udinese. Mm. Um, but having read the, having heard the Hodgson interview on Hive Live, he was talking to him about um, talking to him in Swedish or something. So perhaps the the writing was on the wall then. Maybe he just wants yeah, someone but... to, uh, you know, to chat to um, on the training ground. I think he's there. What was it? Five or six languages Roy Hodgson knows. I was, I was very surprised about that. Incredible, yeah. Very talented bloke. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be very useful with this Watford squad with the amount of languages that get spoken at London Colney. Uh, I, I think I've read something that Roy Hodgson was telling a story once. I think it was at Palace, and he walked past a bunch of French guys, um, and, it, and they was all talking in French. And Roy Hodgson walked past them, and they was talking about Hodgson and like his training methods or something, or what's just happened. And um, Roy Hodgson stopped, turned around, and replied back in French, saying, "I, I know exactly what you've just said," and then carried on walking. Um, so I thought that was great. Um, 
because you, you wouldn't expect it from from an Englishman because we're quite lazy really where we don't really learn different languages and we're very lucky that people in other countries they speak English and that um, that's like their second language so we were so fortunate we got that so it's very rare to find Englishmen to speak four or five languages so that's only going to help Watford um, I've just seen a message from Paul as well he says I think we've kept um, Goslin, Semma and Fletcher with the championship in mind next season and I don't think I can maybe disagree with that I think I think you're probably right there, Paul. Um, especially with us flirting with relegation, you probably want the players who are going to perform in the championship. You know, Gosling's going to do that. You, you saw Semmer's figures with his assists and goals in the championship, and then you know Fletcher's a championship striker as well. I, I know he's not going to get you maybe 15 a season, but he could easily get you 10 with the right delivery into the boxer. I, I think you're right there, Paul. Um, and he's also had another question just before about saying, how confident are you that we'll stay up? For me, I worry it's out of our hands to a degree. In fact, Newcastle has spent well um, to stay up and that will keep us down. Um, Tom, are you, are you worried by Newcastle's, Newcastle's spending power towards the end of a transfer window? Do you think that's what's going to keep Newcastle in division, maybe relegate Watford? Oh, I, th- I think, yeah, we've, we've got a be a little bit worried about that looking uh, looking outward because it's it's likely to be three from four of the the teams that are, that are down there now that they, they look to have brought in some some quality some good Premier League players as well like Dan Byrne um, from from Brighton um, I think they brought in a, a Brazilian centre midfielder as well so they've, they've obviously got upgrades um, but they've got Eddie Howe so we've got a chance <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't like Eddie Howe on this part on this podcast Ben do we <laughs> Um, no, especially Mike. Uh, he's he's not Eddie Howe's biggest fan. But then again, Watford don't like Eddie Howe, and Eddie Howe seems to have something against Watford. Even though he grew up in Chesham and used to go to Victory Road to watch Watford as a youngster, so I don't get why he dislikes Watford so much. But yeah, like you say, uh, Eddie Howe. I, 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 see, I don't know. I don't think they. I don't think they've improved their squad enough to stay in a division. I, I know it's going to be. Uh, tough for us to stay up but if Hodgson gets his ideas across and Watford actually they're very very solid and difficult to play against and we we can start getting these clean sheets and then we're going to score up the other end of the pitch I do think there's still a chance that Watford can stay in this division I was expecting Newcastle to improve their their front line I don't think they've done that I think they've brought Chris Wood in but his figures for Burnley this season have been shocking and I think they've just wasted money down the drain pipe there Um, I, I, I think Midfield is an issue for them as well, attacking midfield especially. I know they tried to get um, Jesse Lingard in and that failed. Um, so attacking-wise, I don't think Newcastle are, are brilliant. They're still going to heavily rely on uh, Alex and Maximum. I think defensively, they have improved. I, I think um, they've brought in um, t- Target from Villa at left-back, who's going to shore up that place. Dan Byrne, who I think is very underrated. I, I do like him. He's been solid for Brighton for many of years. And to think he started his career right back, maybe, at Fulham. Then um, Potter's actually converted him into a bit more of a centre-back. Uh, but he's so solid. Um, wins everything in the air. And that's going to improve Newcastle's defence. And I'm surprised they haven't brought in a goalkeeper as well. Um they do have a decent goalkeeper in Debraka, but I think he does bring errors in their games as well. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a full gun conclusion. I don't think Newcastle are going to stay up just because they spent money. I think they have to perform to deserve to stay in this division. You can't just buy your way out the league. And I think maybe bringing in these four or five players in the transfer window, like Watford have, you need them to gel quickly. And I think Newcastle, if they don't gel quickly, they could be in trouble. Um, the Brazilian lad coming in, does he speak English? Is that going to affect him getting on with the other players and understand what Eddie Howe wants from him? The, the jury's out. We're, who, who knows what's going to happen? But I, I don't. Do, think do you know? I, I think. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think that, you no. know it's looking at. Um, you know, I think we can sort of be a bit guilty sometimes of looking at other sides and getting the sort of green-eyed monster of, of envy. Um, I, I think at this stage, I mean, I. I'll be honest, you know, hands hands up. I'm not hopeful, but we do have pretty much half a season left, and it's still in our yeah. hands. So we, we've there's a chance there. Um, I think if if Roy can get us playing, then 
we would have done it through merit rather than um, other sides. But yeah, it, it, the, the spending power of, of Newcastle is a worry. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, we, we've just got to, we've got to win more points than them, and I think we've got a, a squad that's capable of that and capable of, um, of putting some put, putting a run together. It's just the the, the Norwich game was such a huge blow. Um, that I think it's kind of set us back a little bit, but hopefully, you know, coming on to Burnley, we will. Um, that, that's where it starts. Hopefully, yeah. Let's hope we we can start a run at Burnley. It's going to be difficult, James, at Turf Moor. Um, this is our third time doing a preview <laughs> on Burnley, so we're not going to go into depth on it. We'll, we'll touch on it very quickly. Obviously, Watford will have Adam Messina and Imran Loser back. And with the squad after Morocco got knocked out of the African Cup of Nations. So that's going to be a boost for Watford, especially Imran Loser. I'm not I'm not going to say um, Adam Messina is a boost. Um, we know what you don't know what you're going to get from Adam Messina, but I, the signs that I saw of Loser before he went to African Cup of Nations was promising. And I, I liked what I saw. Um, I don't know whether he's going to start at Burnley, but it's it's refreshing to know that he's back. And it's Marlis Saar. Um, he scored at the weekend as well. I know he won't be back with a Burnley game because obviously there's another game in the African Cup of Nations. But that's refreshing to know that we've got Saar coming back and he's going to feel like a brand new signing when he comes back as well. And exactly what we need. Um, but yeah, James, Burnley, tough, tough place to go to. Sean Dyche, tough manager to face against. Their defence, tough see where I'm going it's, it's going to be tough <laughs> yeah it's going to be very very tough very strange kickoff time as well you know 6pm on, on the Saturday in the, in the Premier League you, you don't get very many of them um, you know it, it, it's going to be a very very tough game obviously they've, they've just signed this absolutely uh, massive striker in Weckhorst I think he's 6 foot 6 6 foot 7 um, really really prolific goal scorer actually you know he, he averages you know 15-16 goals a season um, and I'd expect him to start against Watford um, on Saturday you know the reason Burnley couldn't couldn't play us was essentially due to not having enough players and they brought him in they lost Chris Wood I'd, I'd say it's probably an upgrade actually and you know, I'm I'm very very concerned. Maxwell Cornet's back for them. You know, Dwight McNeil's, McNeil's always a threat, so I am worried. Um, you know, if if we thought the Norwich game was big, this is now even bigger. So, you know, I don't really know what to expect. It's Roy Hodgson's first game in charge. You know, third time lucky playing this game. So, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully the footballing gods are, are looking down on us, and you know, they can actually give us Watford fans, you know, something to cheer, which would which would be very very nice. I do like what Burnley did yesterday when they announced the signing. Um, but, but they related it around <laughs> the Rapid Park, and I thought that's absolutely hilarious and brilliant. Especially for me, who's a massive Jurassic Park fan, I thought finally a, a Premier League club or a football team infused <laughs> that as a, as an announcement. I thought I thought it was class. Um, I wish Watford did something like that. But then again, we've not really gone in the market for tall strikers lately, have we? So, um, Tom, it's, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Are you hopeful of a result at Burnley? You know, I, well, you're I, I really, up as well, aren't you? So you're going to have to yeah. be hopeful. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of driving. <laughs> so yeah, I hope I don't. It's, it's all not in, you know, not in vain. But yeah, I, I think you know, you know what you're going to get with Burnley. Um, as James said, you know, they've just signed a, a player that very, very much fits their mould. He's going to be a real battering ram. But equally, you know, they've got their own problems. Um, you know, they're they're in the relegation zone for a reason. Um, and, and we're going to be a bit of a wild card as well. You, they're not going to be able to game plan us because there's, there's nothing to go on. Um, it's going to be a new system likely. And in all honesty, we, we're not really sure who's going to play um, and in what in what position. So th- there's a definite benefit to, to kind of catch them off guard. But yeah, it's going to be a real um, meat and potatoes game, isn't it? You know, Sean <laughs> Dice with his with a gravelly voice on, on one sideline and... You know Roy Hodgson with uh, with all of his experience on the other. It's um, I'm not sure why it's on TV to be honest, but it's <laughs> hopefully uh, if we can I, grab I a you know BT... nick a one nil win. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, I bet BT Sport are looking at it going, who sanctioned this? Who's put Burnley <laughs> Watford on at six pm on a Saturday? Um, but yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a tight old game. Um, like you say, Sean Dyche against Roy Hodgson. It's not going to be the most attractive game of football. I think what the fans have came to that realisation, it's not going to be pretty now to stay in the division. It's all going to be about 
dirty football now. It's going to be about unattractive football. But if that keeps you up in the division, I'll happily take that all day long. Um, for me, it's all about keeping Maxwell Corne quiet. I think he is a danger man. It's unfortunate this game's been rearranged twice because um, now we're going to have to come up against him and we could have played against Burnley when I was weaker. Um, so I'm not looking forward to his presence being back in that Burnley side. Uh, let's do some score predictions quickly. Um, James, come to you first. I, I know you normally give us two, a hopeful one and then one that you actually think is going to happen. Um, yeah. Go on, challenge you two. Okay, so, you know, in my heart, you know, I'm hoping that, that Watford will keep a clean sheet and I'm hoping we'll score lots of goals. So in my heart, I'm going for 3-0 to Watford. Um, but as Tom says, it's going to be a very, very scrappy game. So in reality, um, I, pr- I can probably see it panning out in, in something like a 1-1 or, or, a, or a boring 0-0. I'll tell you what, it would be a shame if after all this time the end the game ends 0-0. I think that would be such a shame. So hopefully there'll be goals, um, but hopefully them goals will be going to Watford and, and not to Burnley. So, so those are my school predictions. I love your hopeful ones. They always make me chuckle. Three nil against Burnley away. <laughs> well, you've, you've, you've always got to go into games positive, Ben. You've always got to go into them with, with a little bit of hope. All right, I'm hopeful. Ten nil Watford. <laughs> Maybe not that much hope. Maybe not that. Maybe not that much. <laughs> Tom, you, you've got that long old journey to do. Are you driving up there? Or are you, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I'm going up with my brother. I'm stopping off in Sheffield. So should break up the journey but yeah that's that's a long old journey otherwise but yeah let's hope hopefully it all goes ahead and there's nothing to call it off this time what's your what's your score prediction um for the game i haven't really got a hope for one uh like james (laughs) um but i'll I'll go for a i'll go for a 1-1 um yeah i think it'll probably be quite a frustrating game but I don't think a point would be terrible in the circumstances. Um, yeah, I'll go go one one. Sorry, yeah, it's, it's not very exciting. I'm... <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it, mate. Uh, it's not going to be exciting now, is it? Really, for what the fans and um, I'm going to go one one as well. I think a point's not a bad result away to Burnley as long as you don't lose. I think it's a must not lose game. Um, you can't afford to lose to Burnley. I think they're possibly overtakers in the table. They've got games in hand as well, so yeah, can't lose to Burnley. Um, so make it as ugly as you want, Roy, but don't come away from. Um, Turf more with no points. Um, try and bring something back for Tom because it's a long old journey back. <laughs> Do it for me. Good <laughs> point to make as well. Emmanuel Dennis is actually going to be missing for this because he, he did pick up that red card, didn't he? Yeah, and I, I think there will be a change of formation, like Tom said as well. Roy Hodgson likes the four four two, so I th- I can imagine it would be just Dan- Dennis coming out, obviously through suspension. So I don't think that's going to affect the team too much. I'll probably see Josh King down the middle. We might, even, who knows? He might even throw an extra midfielder in. He might go a four five one or something. But that um, extra man in midfield will probably play just behind Josh King. So when we're attacking, he can add it into a four four two. It'd be interesting to see how we actually line up and who actually starts. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go one-one draw as well. Um, just before we go, um, thank you for everyone who's watched on YouTube and that. Um, if you don't mind giving us a like, um, subscribing to the page, um, leave your comments down below as well. We read everything that you write. And um, thank you for everyone who's left the comments today as well, and for joining us on our chat. Um, this will be going out as an actual podcast um, tomorrow evening. Um, so check it out on there as well uh, and just quickly before we wrap it up Tom let's talk about the fanzine quickly um, you've got a new issue coming out for the Brighton home game next week fantastic cover that's on the front uh, that's been created by Thomas J Design on Twitter um, such a talented guy um, how, how did you manage to pull that one off because boy, that's, that's a special cover yeah, well, my persuasive skills are uh, obviously improving. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's yeah, unbelievable cover. Um, absolutely chuffed that, that Tom's agreed to do that. Obviously, we've seen his, uh, you know, numerous incredible stadium banners um, that he's done at Vicarage Road. So yeah, it's a real uh, real feather in the cap that one. But yeah, this issue, um, it's still editing, hoping to finish it tonight, <laughs> and get it off to the printers. But yeah, it's um. It's one I'm quite proud of um, that I can donate all proceeds to uh, Raise, which is a West Hertfordshire um, hospitals charity. So I'm, I'm grateful to be in a position to do that and to um, 
you know to to make to make that small contribution that, that we can so yeah everyone if they can uh come and see me um opposite the red line um shivering probably um at this time <laughs> here um yeah this it's three pounds 48 pages um some brilliant stuff in this one we've got um second part of the jay demerit interview um we've got some um discussion points about the pozo ownership as a whole um and yeah just lots of funny little bits as well um so yeah it, it'll be uh be really grateful if, if people could pick up a copy um alex the other seller will be doing a couple of away games as well and i think i'm going to villa as well so if i can sell there i can but yeah the proceeds going to going to raise so it's um yeah it's w- worthy cause um and i hope it it provides a bit of light relief in these uh in these struggling times for Watford, although, you know, in the grand scheme of things, probably not that difficult, but yeah, it's never fun with a, in a relegation fight, is it? <laughs> no, not at all, but yeah, that's absolutely fantastic, mate, for you doing a charity issue of your fanzine. So if you are interested in um, the, the latest fanzine copy, um, Moose Sissoko is on the cover of it. Go see Tom at the next home game against Brighton. Probably bring him a hot chocolate or a tea as well because he's it's, it's going to be shivering. Um, so he'll appreciate that. I'd warm him up as well. But yeah, like he said, all the money is going to charity as well, which is absolutely fantastic for, for what he's doing um, for charity and for the fanzine. So hats off to you, Tom. Um, Thank you very much for joining us again on the Voices of Vic. Um, I'm sorry I haven't prepared you with that hat trick ball. I'll, I'll see what I can do for next time. <laughs> Maybe I'll do what Soccer AM do. I'll give it to you on your, your fifth appearance and we'll put it in like a tub or something and sign it. Me and James will sign it for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. No, no, thank, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's been great. And um, yeah, well done on the podcast. It's, it's a great, great listen. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant, mate. I really appreciate that. And that's it um, for tonight. Uh, me and James will be back for the review of the Burnley game at the weekend. Um, let's hope it's three points. Um, James's 3-0 victory. Not sure that's going to come up. We're, we're hopeful. We, let's hope to see if it happens. But yeah, me and James will be back at the weekend. Uh, stay safe and come on, you Orleans. Podcast Network.